Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports, and from business to history, and everything in between, including your stories. They're some of our favorites. Our next story, well, it's one about service, love, and sacrifice. Let's follow Eileen Hall's incredible journey across Europe as she searches for her husband in the middle of World War II. Eileen was a member in the Women's Army Corps, or WAC. We got together with Eileen and her daughter, Sherry, who both live in Canton, Ohio. Here's Eileen. I'm from Canton, Ohio. I was born in 
10, 11, 23. And my mother and dad had a restaurant in downtown Canton. And we had a hotel up above the restaurant. And that's where I was raised. We lived right across the street from McKinley High School. So all I had to do was walk to, for high school was walk across the street and go to school. After my mother made it to my high school graduation, and shortly after that, she passed on. And my dad remarried, and I felt very uncomfortable at home with a different mother, really. And you were working at? Kempkin Roller Bearing Company. So it's a long time. That's 75 years ago, you know, so I'm trying to remember. A lot of it I'll never forget, but... Uh, and there I met a girl and we became friends and we worked in the stationary supply office. And uh, she had a boyfriend from Galleon, Ohio and every time he came up to see her, he brought his brother. So she said, do you think you'd mind dating his brother if he brings him up? And I said, oh no. Well, that was it because we just melded together and it's just worked out so. But he was being drafted like all the, that he was going to be sent to Oklahoma. So um, after my dad remarried, I just didn't feel comfortable at home. So I said, I think I'll, I always wanted to go to California. So I said, I think I'll go to California because I've always wanted to go there. So I boarded a train and it stopped in Oklahoma. And I thought, well, I'll just see, you know, him while I'm here. So that's as far as I got. <laughs> we got married. <laughs> After I was there a few days, we had to go through blood tests and it was really, you know, so and we were married in a Parsons office. And then it wasn't long after that, that he was sent overseas. So I thought, well, since I'm married to him, I'll go back home and see what I can do. You know, so I went back home and I decided to enlist in the service. So I went in downtown Canton where they had their recruiting office and told them I would like to join the Army. Well, the Navy I really wanted, but you couldn't get in that one until later. So um, I decided I'd get in the Army if I could. So even though I was married, I had to get my dad's consent because of my age, I couldn't do it unless I had my parents' consent. So I went to where he worked and told him, and he said, well, if I don't do this, you'll do something else crazy. So he signed. He was a World War I veteran. So he signed, and I took it back. And after that, I uh, got into uh, basic training in Daytona Beach, Florida. From there, I was, uh, I volunteered, they said as we were being interviewed, the girls that had already volunteered said, you'll be sorry, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, but I volunteered for everything, so I always got to pick of things that I wanted to do, so I thought that was a good idea. From there, I was sent to Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia for driver training, and, uh, I led a convoy through Georgia as one of our tryouts, you know, to see how we did. And so, uh, and then we had to uh, go in gas chambers and take off of the gas mask and stay for a few minutes and then go out and catch your breath again. <laughs> so, and then uh, 
we had to lay down and they sh fired shots over us, you know, to see how we'd react. And then we had uh, to go through other training. Abandoning ship, we had to go, you know, to a top of the ship that would be and go down the sides. And a couple of the girls were just terrified of doing it, so I helped along with them. And then after that was all done, I was sent to Fort Lewis, Washington. And I was only there for a little while. The, the fellows in the barracks weren't used to having women there. And boy, every time we'd walk out everywhere, phew, there were guys walking with us. So, But anyway, I volunteered. They asked for volunteers to go overseas. So um, I volunteered, but there were too many. So I wasn't going to get to go. But at the last minute, one gal dropped out. And so I took her place. And then it wasn't long after that that we were sent to Fort Dix, or New Jersey, and boarded the Queen Elizabeth and headed for France. So, it, on a ship that in peacetime would accommodate two people, there were 24 whacks in one room. And, and then we went on and we landed at Glasgow, Scotland, in the Isle of Clyde. And there we were met with the Red Cross and the Salvation Army and they gave us food and until they decided where we were going to go from there. And some of us boarded a train and headed for Sutton Coalfield, England. That's where I was going to be stationed for a while. And we've been listening to Eileen Hall's journey to find her husband in the middle of World War II. A great backstory. I can't wait to hear more. Sure, you can't either. When we come back, more of Eileen Hall's story here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. And we continue here on Our American Stories with Eileen Hall's story. And what an adventurer this lady was, my goodness, and so many other women who served in the war. She wanted to be in the theater and volunteered for it. Let's pick up where we last left off. Some of us boarded a train and headed for Sutton Coalfield, England. That's where I was going to be stationed for a while. So... Um, that's where I had to drive a Jeep. I, I went through the motor car, so I was allowed to drive a Jeep and up to a two and a half ton truck. So I drove the, uh, everybody in Sutton Coalfield in England had to list 
a, if they had a room available for GIs because they didn't want the women staying in rooms, they wanted the men to be there. So that's what I did for a while and got them all done. And, and then uh, I was sent, I, I drove a major there that uh, four, four of us were drivers and I, we all drove an officer. So I drove a major, so we were on call 24 hours a day for whatever reason they wanted us. So, but, uh, well, I had to drive in the fog so bad that I had to put my foot up. They drive on the left side on the curb so I would know where I was going. And because of that, my left leg is, is not as big as my right one. It took that much it froze, you know, and I had to go back to the barracks and they put me behind the bakery and so I could thaw out to my leg it was so frozen from driving. So uh, we had gone through many air raids at night and, and one of the gals said, if I'm gonna get killed, I'm gonna do it right here. And so the rest of us decided we'd stay together. So that was it <laughs> because there were nightly air raids, you know, so. After I left England, I went to France and was with the post office there as a driver. So every morning I'd drive into Paris and you could there were, the streets were empty except for people going through garbage cans trying to get something to eat, people and dogs. And that's something I'll never forget. And as I drove to the post office that I was be at, just as I drove in, something cracked on the uh, steering wheel and I couldn't steer it but I was already there so I was that I felt that was a blessing because if I'd done that out in the you know out on the streets it would have been something else I have faith and I I just felt I'd be protected whatever I did because I if I volunteered for something I felt that that's what I should do so I just had a different life than some of the other whacks, but. <laughs> the Battle of the Bulge was going on then, and they were bringing the wounded into the uh, hospital in Paris, and uh, our commanding officer was called from, from the hospital and asked him to send some whacks down to help. The wounded were coming in so fast, so um, our, our commanding officer called me and said, you know, gonna take some wax to the hospital. So I got a ton and a half truck and loaded it with wax and drove into the hospital in front of the hospital and walked in and here the GIs are all laying on the floor and you could just walk sideways. And so they, we would kneel down and talk to them and take, you know, we all went and talked to each one and asked what, where they were from and just got them calmed down before and then they finally found room for them all. So, but when I had time off, I was allowed to take the Jeep and I became acquainted with two fellows from Iowa. And one was, uh, had his uh, left leg amputated below his knees, so he was gonna be sent home. And he said he hated to see, go home without seeing Paris. And I said, well, I'll see what I can do. So I went to my commanding officer, told her to the store, and she says, you take a Jeep and show him wherever you want to go. So where there were two whacks in the back and me driving and him sit beside me and I took him all over Paris. So he was, you know, excited about that. 
and uh, we kept in touch for years after I got home. So, but I got a letter from my husband saying he was going to be sent to the CBI. That's the China Burma, and I thought, and I started crying. And the officer was below me. And she came up and wanted to know why I was crying. And I said, well, my husband's going to be sent to the CB area. And I said, I, I'd probably never see him again. And she said, I'll see what I can do. So she got me orders attached to Mark Clark's. But he, he never knew I was part of his service. So, but that got me to early airport and asked, you know, if anybody was going to Paris and there there was a plane just out there that was going to be going to Italy and I told my story to the guy at the desk and so he said that plane right there you can get on so they put down the Bombay doors and I walked out and and they one on one side and one on the other lifted me up and putting in where the gun turret is and that's how I rode from there to to Italy and I got off of the plane and I was standing on the road and I didn't realize right in front of me was the Tower of Pisa because I didn't realize it was that big, you know. And so I walked out and I started hitchhiking. And along came a British guy in a truck with three uh, soldiers in the back and one was, they were attending to one and I said, what happened? She said he got hurt, but not by fire. I don't know exactly how he got hurt. And they're going into Rome. So they stopped for water, and the driver of the truck had to come back and stand in front of me so I could lean to the back because the people just came from everywhere and they wanted to touch me. And, you know, and I, I didn't know what to do, so they looked out for me. And then we left and went on to Rome to the Red Cross there, and they put me up for the night. The next morning was a Sunday, so it was church. So I went down and went to church, and after a little while before church started, a fellow sat down beside me, and he looked at my patch. He says, you're not from around here, are you? And I said, no, I, and I told him my story. He said, I'll see what I can do. So the next day, he had gotten permission from his officer and he was able to take me from Rome to Milano. And uh, on the way, it started to rain and the fellow didn't know how to do the, the tops of the Jeep, so I showed him how to do that. And he uh, took me up and my husband was waiting for me, waiting there, so. We had our honeymoon on Lake Como and I had our own villa attached to a regular one, which is owned now by George Clooney. And I'm sure George Clooney doesn't know it, but I'm gonna write a letter to him sometime, if he ever gets it. The Villa Diaz Esti. Yeah, so, yeah, that was the Fifth Army Rest Camp. So, we left from La Harve on the E.B. Alexander, headed for the United States. As we pulled into New York Harbor, all the lights came on and they took us off the boat and fed us the best Thanksgiving dinner we ever had. <laughs> so, and from there, we had to go to Fort Dix to get released from the Army. And then I boarded a train for Canton, Ohio. And when I got to Canton, 
there they were, my husband and my, my dad, and just welcomed me home. He got home seven days before I did. But other than that, why, I think my experience was something that not too many people have the opportunity to experience. So that's my love story. <laughs> and I love to tell it. <laughs> so, and thanks for the opportunity to tell it. So that's it. And that's it. And thanks for the opportunity to let us tell it, Eileen. And what a beautiful story about so many things, particularly just a sheer sense of adventure. Off to Europe to fight Nazis, searching for each other, learning how to drive trucks and tanks, supply lines to defeat one of the world's worst enemies in history. Eileen Hall's journey to find her husband in the middle of World War II. Her story here on Our American Stories. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. And we're back with our American stories. And up next, Robbie brings us the story of Joel Wegener, an educator and fundraiser who lives in Cincinnati with a beautiful story of facing the unexpected challenges life throws our way. Here's Joel. So I grew up in Southeast Kansas, went to college there and uh, became a teacher. Uh, taught in Kansas for a few years. Then I moved to Cincinnati right after I was married for one year. Then we moved from Cincinnati to the St. Louis area and took a teaching position there. We stayed there about 16 years. Many of our 10 children were uh, born in uh, St. Louis area and we still have uh, friends back there and one of my daughters is also living back in that area. Then in 2002, we moved to Cincinnati. I started a fundraising business and was also doing some uh, teaching at a local Christian school. Now, while I was in education and then also now that I'm doing the fundraising business, most of my time was filled up during the school year and I had time during the summers uh, to do other activities and try to make a little extra money to support my family. I've done a lot of different things in the summers. One of the most interesting things that I have done before the ice cream truck was I ran a fireworks business in Missouri, a tent along Highway 61. My children helped me uh, do that and we have a lot of stories, a lot of fun, a lot of hard work and uh, on a good year made uh, some pretty good money doing that. Uh, I sold that business several years ago, so over the last few uh, years, I've been looking for something else to occupy my time. Last summer, I saw an ice cream truck here locally, and that planted a little seed in my mind of something that I might want to do in the future. So I put it in the back of my mind until January of this year, and then started doing some research and uh, trying to find out if it was a viable uh, business option. I joined a couple of Facebook groups and was able to find an ice cream truck in Columbus, Indiana. And because I wasn't real sure this was gonna make a, a go of it and some of my older children were not all that <laughs> uh, supportive and that they thought it was maybe another one of my crazy ideas, I went low budget, but I found an ice cream truck owned by some people that have a special needs daughter. And they had used it uh, to help raise money for her therapy as well as give her something to do. And so we went over and met them. They actually also have a storefront where they sell hot dogs and other things and employ special needs uh, 
individuals. So it was really a neat connection there uh, once we went over there and really felt that it was the right thing to do, that God was directing us to that particular uh, ice cream truck. Uh, so we purchased it. It needed some repairs. It needed some cleaning. We started doing that and working on that along with my other responsibilities with the fundraising business. And on April 15th, I set that as the uh, deadline, uh, not for taxes this year, but the deadline to, uh, to hit the streets with my ice cream truck. So I found a local wholesaler, went through all the uh, licensing and all that. And uh, Mary-Kate, uh, my 21-year-old uh, Down syndrome daughter, and I went out on April 15th for about an hour and we sold $74 worth of ice cream and I said, we're on our way. Uh, and just to back up a little bit about our, uh, our family, we do have uh, 10 children. Back in 2000, the year 2000, of course, the world was uh, shaking in their boots about Y2K, that maybe all the computers were going to crash and all that on January 1st. Well, we survived that. Uh, during that time, my wife was pregnant. And in March 19, uh, 2000, uh, my daughter Mary-Kate was born and we did not know beforehand, but soon found out that she had Down syndrome. Uh, she also had some other health issues, uh, was in the hospital for about 10 days. And that uh, was uh, a very uh, pivotal time in our lives. And uh, we were so fortunate to have such support from our family and friends and church. And, uh, but it was a change, we did not expect that and we were not fully prepared for the journey that God had chosen to place us on. But uh, we worked through that, we worked together, and uh, we were just counted Mary-Kate a blessing like all the rest, a blessing from God. So uh, we went through that, and then we had another child, which was a son about a year later, and he was normal, I guess. I haven't decided if any of our kids are totally normal, but he was <laughs> considered normal. And then we moved to Cincinnati. Then uh, when she delivered here in Cincinnati, uh, our next child, it was Josh, and he also had Down syndrome. And had some health issues, heart uh, issues, had to have open heart surgery at four months, uh, but has more or less fully recovered from that, a little heart murmur. Uh, so we've been blessed with uh, two Down syndrome. It's, uh, it's been a journey and I've told people, I'm sure uh, my wife and I are better people because of this journey uh, that God has placed us on with, with uh, Mary and Josh. So when Mary was born, uh, you know, every parent when a child is born, wants to say, mom's fine, baby's fine, everything's normal. You know, that's what you want to say, that's what people want to hear. And so when it isn't, what do you say and how do you handle that? And how do you still accept it and, and have joy in having a new baby in your life, even though it's not the baby 
that you would have ordered. You know, if you had, if there was a catalog to order babies, nobody would flip back to the Down syndrome section or whatever else, fill in the blank. Nobody would go back to that section of the catalog or online, go, go to that, you know, click on that tab. Now, I have a high degree of respect for people that are willing to adopt special needs kids from other nations and all that. Yeah, that's just incredible. That process of accepting that child as yours and as a blessing from God and for others to see it that way as well. And uh, so that, you know, that takes a process, you know, and we had, I worked at a school near St. Louis and uh, the faculty and staff were so supportive of us during that time, church and, and just family, friends. And um, you know, I remember my aunt and uncle sent me a book. Uh, I think it's entitled, Sometimes Miracles Hide. And so we had people that just came alongside us and helped us in that, in that journey. And we all know it, sometimes miracles do hide. 10 kids, two Down syndrome children. My wife and I are better people because of the journey with Mary, Kate, and Josh. The story of Joel Wegener continues here on Our American Stories. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. And we're back with Our American Stories and the story of Joel Wegener and special neat treats, an ice cream truck Joel bought to run with his two adult children with Down syndrome. When we last heard from Joel, he was discussing the difficulties that often come with raising children with special needs, but also the community that rallied around him and his wife during those hard times. Back to Joel. But it is an adjustment. And then it's not just one time when they're born that you have to do that. You have to continually process it, almost more so when they get older. Because when they're young, even though they may have a disability, they're still cute, people still, and you go through kind of the normal steps at a delayed rate. But then at some point, you know, then you have to think about careers. You've got to think about their long-term care their physical issues that they're going to have in a, as an adult. And then, you know, we're facing now, you know, their desire to, uh, to get married and have children and, and how that all plays out, you know, for someone with a disability. So uh, those are all things, they're not easy, and I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying, hey, that's what life is. But once you realize and make that firm commitment that, for some reason that we will never fully understand, God allowed, ordained, however you're, you want to explain it to yourself or to others for us to have Josh and Mary in our lives. And people can talk about unconditional love all they want until they've been around a Down syndrome kid. Uh, they probably haven't seen it. And that's, uh, they're stubborn, but they also, they have a, a very, 
very good unconditional love. You know, we get so caught up and worried about all these things. And sometimes it's just a reminder when all Josh and Mary want to know is, what are we going to have for supper? Can we watch a video? You know, what are we going to do Friday night as a family? You know, so they kind of keep us focused on the things that really matter, uh, as opposed to all these other little things that we're worried about. In the state of Ohio, uh, when they turn 22, they age out. So Mary Kate will be 22 within this school year. So she was unable to continue uh, with the public education. So that is a big challenge for all special needs uh, parents is what is the next step after being in the public education. She has often mentioned that she would love to work with her papa. With the fundraising business, I found a few little things periodically that she could do to help, but nothing that I could really utilize her in a great way. So as we developed this idea of the uh, ice cream truck, we started thinking this would be ideal to bring Mary in and also Josh in and uh, let them be a part of it. We were thinking about the name for the truck and the business and my wife had the, uh, the brilliant idea, in my opinion, somewhat of a play on words of special needs, but it's special neat treats. And so that's what we have named the truck. When we first started, we went to neighborhoods somewhat randomly, fairly close to uh, Loveland, Ohio, where we live here. There was a local magazine that asked if they could feature us. It is also an online magazine. And so this magazine came out in July. And right after that, I started getting so much attention locally and some local TV stations to ask to do features and it just has exploded since then. It's, it's funny because, you know, when I first had this idea, I thought, well, you know, it'd be something, you know, if I wanted to go out, fine. If I wanted to stay home someday, I'll see what happens. But now it's just taken off. And the response has been so unbelievably positive. Seems like almost every day that I go out to a neighborhood, uh, I meet families with special needs kids. And uh, just to be able to share with them, they see Mary-Kate and our Josh uh, working with me, but just them seeing my kids in the, in the truck working with me uh, gives them hope and gives them some ideas. Probably my, one of my all-time favorite stories that I really feel like was a turning point in my mind as far as what the purpose of special need treats was all about. Thursday afternoon, uh, several weeks ago, I uh, went to a school. They were doing a summer program for special needs kids. And so they had contacted me, they had heard our story, and uh, they went with the low budget thing and I was fine with that. There wasn't all that many kids. So from a business standpoint, it wasn't a real profitable afternoon, but I wanted to do it. And so I went out there, uh, they had the kids come out onto the parking lot of the school. Uh, they got their treats, everybody got their treats. And uh, Mary and Josh had something going on that day. So I was by myself. Uh, but I, a, a little girl came back up to the truck. I asked her, her name, she said it was Maddie. She said, thanks for coming. 
she said, you've made my day. So I started chatting with her. I showed her a picture of, of my kids and she shared with me her, her disabilities and her diagnosis had several, several things that she's been diagnosed with. But she was very talkative. We just had a short little visit there. And without even premeditating or planning it, I looked at her and I said, Maddie, I just want you to know that God made you just like you are and he has a special plan for your life. And <clears throat> I get emotional thinking about that moment because I was able to make her day. I wasn't able to cure her autism, her other disorders. That I didn't cure those, but for one day, Maddie had a good day and I had a real small part in it. When I drove off, I'm not generally a real emotional person, but I get I got emotional. I was wiping tears. And, uh, and I, I thought, you know, I made her day, but she made something come into focus in my mind that had been somewhat building throughout the summer. But at that point I was like, you know what? God has me doing this for some unknown reason, but here's part of the reason. Being able one at a time to make their day, to give them hope, and courage, and boy, do we need some hope and courage during these days. This happened uh, even more recently. I was up in Dayton, Ohio, north of here. I was at an event, and they had a, a playground there for special needs kids. And after it was all over, I had Mary and Josh with me, and I said, I asked Mary and Josh, hey, do you want to go over and see the, the playground? So they went over there and they played, and I did a few things in my truck, and then I walked over there. And Josh was on a, a piece of equipment, and there was a little Down syndrome girl that was more or less in his way. And Josh was waiting and the mom saw what was going on, came rushing over there and said, sorry, and moved her uh, little girl out of the way. And I said, no problem, no problem. And uh, she looked at, at Josh and Mary and then she looked at me and she said, are you the ones that have been on the news uh, with your ice cream truck? And I said, yeah, that, that's us. And she goes, I was just showing that article to my husband this morning or yesterday and uh, so we chatted for a little bit. She had this little Down syndrome uh, daughter named Esther. And then uh, the mom came over to me and she told me, she said, and she started getting choked up as she told me, she goes, I was telling God this morning, I needed something to let me know that he was still there and he cared about our family. She said, we've been going through a lot and she needed a reminder from God that everything was gonna be all right. And she said, this is it. And I was like, wow, because it's not me. It's a lot of work, there's hot days, my air conditioner went down. I've had a lot of setbacks with the, with the equipment this summer, but I'm determined to push through it uh, because I, I see now that, that there's some real purpose in, in an old ice cream truck. I never in my wildest dream thought yeah, buy an ice cream truck and you can really make a difference in somebody's life. But, you know, I think it's one of those things you, you know, you trust God and uh, make the best decisions and then you just watch and see what happens. And what a beautiful story and a special thanks to Robbie for finding it, for editing it and for producing it. And a special thanks to Joel Wegener 
for sharing his story and for just loving his Down Syndrome kids and doing something special for them and himself and in the end his neighborhood and all those families with special needs kids and frankly just people seeing unconditional love at play and miracles at play. I made her day, he said, about that young girl, Maddie. But in the end, she made his too. And that's what we try and do here on this show is spread this kind of joy and possibility. Joel Wegener's story, Mary and Josh's story, the Wegener family story here on Our American Stories. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.